0: Hello everyone, my name is Wesley Levisay from the History of the Second World War podcast. Join me on a journey through the most destructive conflict in human history, a journey that will take us not just through the famous campaigns and cataclysmic battles, but also to the lesser well-known corners of the war that touched millions all over the world, as we try and answer not just the questions of what and where, but how and why. You can find History of the Second World War on all major podcast platforms or at history of the Second world War. Dot com.
1: that doesn't suck. I'm your professor, Greg Jackson, and it is time for an epilogue, time to digest some of the stories we've enjoyed in the last few episodes. I'm joined by my friends, Kelsey Dines. Hey, y'all. And Zach Weaver. Glad to be back, Greg. And so glad to have you both back. Uh, So we kind of inadvertently did the volume of Theodore Roosevelt. Thought that was going to (laughs) be a few episodes less, but had a great time with it ready to digest it and we'll continue on with the progressive era uh, however of course before we say anything more about teddy let's go ahead and get to what i think is some people's favorite part where we acknowledge anything that slipped through our fingers like like sand
0: it's certainly my mom's favorite part it's true and let's say hello to zach's mom hi zach's mom
1: is that how you refer to her? Like, yeah, you guys even, hang out? You're like,
0: Even even when I give her a hug, I'm yeah. like, hello, mom. my mother, I, Zach's mother. I
1: think it's great that you all embrace the third person so strongly <laughs> yeah, in, in the Weaver clan. That's yep. great. Um, and hey, we, we jumped into recording the last epilogue so quickly. We did forget. We, we were remiss. We did not say hello to your mom. So an absolute deep and uh, full-on apology and salutation. To Zach's mom.
0: I'm happy to say hello to my mom. I know what will make up for us missing last time is jumping into this specific correction because she found it as funny, I think, as we all did, right? Oh, good. Good. Kelsey, did you find this one funny? I found
2: it hilarious.
0: Okay. Okay. So,
1: with...
2: with credit to <laughs> I'm going
1: to stick with 25% of the state of of Pennsylvania. That's you know,
2: probably a very conservative number.
1: I fine with with I'm talking mid 90s,
0: Greg.
2: <laughs> so many emails and messages.
1: Okay, so apparently it isn't the Reading Railroad, it's the Reading Railroad. <laughs> oh, and I was lied to. Thank you. I know I was lied to by everyone who ever played Monopoly with me as a child in the 80s
0: and 90s. We got we got emails, we got
2: Facebook, Facebook messages, we got
0: letters, we got smoke letters. signals. <laughs> Spo- yeah, oh, I holograph. learned. You know, it was just dots and dashes for. Uh, it's pronounced reading, not reading.
1: I feel like there might have been just a few who like, oh, this is my moment. I've been waiting for this. Like, my time to shine. Uh,
2: no. <laughs> No, well, you know, I, they probably deal with people saying it wrong so totally, much that they're the like, "It's coming up, yep. it's gonna be said wrong."
1: I'm sure. I'm I sure. didn't know. Yeah, and as uh, you both know, uh, my Jackson grandparents, born and raised in Pennsylvania, I how how <laughs> did how did I grow up playing Monopoly with my dad? <laughs> and apparently, he didn't know, or I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, I really feel like there was some, you know. Uh, something failed to get passed down on on the Pennsylvania side of the family there. <laughs>
2: That's the gap in your knowledge.
1: Uh, yes, with yes,
0: with all love and all respect and everything <laughs> to everyone in Pennsylvania who wrote in this correction. It does read like. <laughs> Reading, it's, it is spelled reading. But, but if there's no any, no, if there's,
2: that's also pronounced red.
1: No,
0: it's true. It right? is because it English
2: is past is participle.
0: Insane. <laughs> is present. Oh yeah, blame no. not us, but blame the English language. English. The fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in the English Ooh, language. Indeed, exactly, indeed,
1: sir. Well, well played. And I also want to know, as is always the case, whenever one of these creep up. <laughs> uh, you all are so kind with your emails, and I I do appreciate yes. that. They're very 100%. complimentary and very understanding.
2: They're always started with, "You guys do such a great job." Just this one little thing. Mm.
1: I'll tell you the the task of trying to pronounce correctly the cities, the rivers, the everything of this incredibly vast, diverse nation, and all the linguistic influences and places that uh, haven't been. Yeah, it. Um, but we, we do really have a, a, a almost, I'm going to say, an almost bulletproof system at this point in place.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, more time is spent checking pronunciation than I ever care to uh, acknowledge to myself because I think I'd cry, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in the corner <laughs> if I realized how much my life was spent doing that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I
2: think that's one of the things that people appreciate is that you do put in yeah, the effort to make sure that you pronounce mm-hmm. these things correctly. And well, I can't tell you I think I've called like seven different police stations to make sure <laughs> that I have gotten the correct pronunciation of a town name, <laughs> so that I can tell him what. Nine one
0: one. What's your emergency? What is the name of your town? Greg is recording and right now. Cyrus. <laughs> Bucyrus. Okay. Thank you. Could you spell that phonetically for me? This is an emergencies I, only line, ma'am. I only call the non emergency <laughs> line.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, oh, anyhow, that's acknowledged, uh, and we, we'll fix that one. Okay. We'll we'll, well, fix, yeah, we'll, it. Yes, we'll, we'll fix it. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll go back and fix it. That's one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I get it. All right. So that said, that was that was fun. Um, Teddy.
0: The Rough Rider. We're just going to look. I feel the like we, we did
1: such a, a very the thorough, deep dive on the square deal. We had a solid episode on foreign policy. Rather than take this in a kind of systematic way, we're just going to get into the fun things that maybe didn't get into these episodes
0: and, and take it from there. Here's where I would start with Teddy. I would start with Teddy where we started with Teddy. Well, that. Sounds Which like is, a
1: pretty good place to
0: start. You know, I'm known for my thoughts, Craig. Yeah. And I'm paid for my thoughts. Um and Wow. With, just car- yep. Carry with, on. With um his confidence gone up since yeah, the intern days. Yeah, just that's gonna... your fault. After the we like to call it in the Weaver household the 2021 Simpsons debacle. Um after that <laughs> happened. After that happened, mm-hmm. I, I said, I'll come out guns blazing every time in right, these epilogues. Right. Um, no, with Teddy, we didn't do a biography on Benjamin Harrison before his episode. In part because him and a lot of other presidents, they don't have quite the stories that TR does in his repertoire there.
2: Yeah, that's but putting, all, it right?
0: putting it mildly. Putting um, it mildly. But also... You have to understand who TR is as a person to understand him as a president because who he is as a person actually influences who he is as a president, if that makes sense. so and it seems sense, like in yes. a lot
2: more of a way than other presidents. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that that's the case for a lot of people, but it just seems so pronounced blatant with,
0: him. with TR. This is something that in your edits of the strenuous life episode, you really focused on, and I think it's a phenomenal point, is that he doesn't like bullies as a kid. And so he doesn't like bullies growing up. It's not like a, well, my policy is anti-civil service reform or pro-civil service reform, because Mm -hmm. this is an important policy. No, I don't like bullies. And as Teddy says in one of his speeches, as with nations, so with people that the nation needs to be run on a basis of, well, dishonesty is wrong if I tell you a lie. So why should we allow corporations or other countries or anyone to act dishonestly? So,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, should we just hit stop? Zach, I think you just hit it on the head, man. That really does sum up TR. And yeah. I think that's what sets him apart so much. Not not to be smirch, you know.
3: Benjamin Harrison. Uh, the, other I was trying to even Will, remember
1: which one did you reference? William Henry uh, Harris. But uh. Uh, and, and yeah, not that they didn't bring their life experiences mm-hmm. or you know what have you. But Teddy, he only becomes president initially, as we know, because Will McKinley's assassinated. Mm-hmm. He is not the type of person that wins with the party. We know that. He would piss off. The party bosses.
0: Mark Hanna calls him that damned cowboy. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Right. So th- this is a guy who is. I don't mean this in in a cynical way because I I really try to not be cynical. But he's frankly too honest to get into some spaces in life. And if it weren't for that occurrence of uh, certainly he's
0: too honest for Gilded Age politics.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. Which is and, notorious. And, 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 and for I don't it. mean that as like a. A knock on Teddy. I, yeah. I mean that as a virtue mm-hmm. that you wouldn't expect someone who is that honest to be able to, as you're pointing out, right, to be able to succeed in Gilded Age politics.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to imagine in the same historians don't do well with counterfactuals, um, but it is <laughs> it yeah. is difficult to imagine in America without TR. In the same way, it's difficult to imagine an America without a Lincoln or a Frederick Douglass or George Washington, some of the...
1: Or Benjamin Harrison.
0: Or William Henry Harrison. We yeah. we we kind of do have an America without William and <laughs> Harris. <laughs> oh wow! Tip canoe in Tyler. There's a, uh, William. There's Poor a National William. Park Service
1: uh, employee assigned at something to do with like his former house. Right now, it's going hey. a big, hey, probably like hey, his. That birthplace. was a big month.
0: Big W H H fan out That's there. It just um, makes me think of that Parks
2: and Rec episode.
0: Sure.
2: There's that one where they're trying to find historical artifacts or something that links. William Henry Harrison to this part that they want to make a national park or something. And they're just grasping at all the (laughs) straws.
1: Seeing everything. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: I'm glad we got Parks and Rec in there. Me too. Uh, too. But uh, get it back on Teddy, you're right. He doesn't like bullies. He hates bullies. The way that he overcomes his own physical condition, right? He's scrawny. He's asthmatic. And he turns himself into this jacked boxer by the time he gets to Harvard. The dude, as you know, I appreciate, climbs the freaking Matterhorn. That is an incredible feat for anyone. The fact that he comes from being someone who is not physically gifted.
2: It's He's like he willed that into existence mm-hmm. for much. himself.
1: <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be honest. One One thought I had a few times. I'm glad this worked out for Teddy. I would be uh, mildly afraid that some white listeners be like, oh, right. So I can just will my way out of some of my medical condition." I don't know that that works. Oh, but, well, you, I don't know that you should always take your your health advice from
0: from Theodore from Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: I mean, to some degree, sure, perhaps. Just uh, we'll, we'll just avoid getting into this space. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I, I was just absolutely impressed with him. And that sort of I will do attitude, it follows him in the politics. And, I mean, his personal life, geez, having his mother and his wife die.
2: I couldn't listen to that part. Mm. I had to, like, stop part of the way through and, like, go and actually watch something happy. Yeah. And then come <laughs> back and finish listening because I was like, nope, I can't.
1: Yeah. A, a listener let me know that was uh, that <laughs> It was a playful message saying, thanks for making me almost crash as I tried to drive through my tears.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if that was a, a book that we had written and had like tried to submit to a publisher, I think they would have rejected it. For being be- too obvious. For being too right. obvious. Right. right. Because like, that can't happen. His his mother and wife die on the Valentine's day that his day. wife gives birth On Valentine's Day, which is the fourth anniversary of when they got engaged. yeah, And he gets the news while everyone's cheering for him because he's such a great guy. Like, he's storybook, man. That would have been
1: Teddy Roosevelt is, uh, he's storybook. He really is. I mean, I I don't say that in a romanticizing sort of way as though he doesn't have his flaws and and his imperfections like everyone does. But the life that this man
0: lives, lives, (laughs) yes. He is larger I'm than life. I'm asthmatic.
1: Matt. I'll overcome it. I'm suffering with grief. I will go to the Badlands and reinvent myself <laughs>
0: <laughs> and go from elite New Yorker. To rugged cowboy. To, yeah. to damned cowboy. Yeah, and and there we have so... a
1: repeat of the, the boxer that we met mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in Harvard, right? We, we you know these were many episodes that didn't make it into the main feed, but we covered his... Uh, well, go ahead, Zach. And...
0: His, his boxing episode? Yeah. Um, there's this story with his future wife watching him box at Harvard and T.D. then turning into Teddy, Teddy yeah. uh, starting to become Teddy. If you have the opportunity, dear listener, to look up the picture of him in the Harvard Boxing Club, he is a handsome young man. Those those T.R. mutton chops. <laughs> oh. oh, he's
1: pulling them off. They're yeah. a sight to you know behold. Uh,
0: in uh, a- a- Zach's,
2: amb- you know, totally
0: unbiased opinion. In my unbiased opinion, um, T.R. is a very handsome historical figure second only to William Jennings Bryan <laughs> oh, um there Kelsey he is. check your timer <laughs> uh,
1: you know, no he the, the dude looks like he's an underwear model with uh, i know 100%. the photo you're talking oh, about 100%. he's sitting there shirt off his hands kind of crossed
0: He's got this cool look Oh, he's on got the face. smolder, man. Like, he's like too Zoolander cool <laughs> for this picture. all the way.
1: He's doing blue steel. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and he's, he's not even trying. That's, and that's the thing. that's
0: when the camera exploded. And you would think <laughs> that this young asthmatic boy has turned himself into a good boxer by that picture. And then he gets into the <laughs> ring. He gets cracked across the face. The other guy who's boxing is just punching the heck out of him. And... There's this one part where right after the round ends, his opponent punches TR and the crowd starts to boo his opponent. And Teddy, black eye, blood just streaming down, raises his hand to the crowd and is like, no, he didn't know the round was over yet. Don't boo him. It's all right. It's fine. And then goes back to his corner. And again,
1: this is Teddy's sense of fair play, right? Like, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, he's not going to let somebody take crap.
1: Exactly. For
2: something that wasn't their fault. Even, Even as if the this person's... is the
1: guy who just cracked him in the yeah. face. Who's beating right?
0: the hell out of him.
2: Yes. That's yes. what's supposed to happen. And yeah,
1: yeah, because it is what's yeah. supposed to happen. It's so again, we're, we're seeing the pain that this man can withstand. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's the sort of guy who reinvents his body. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who is like, yeah, I have asthma. No, oh, well, Matterhorn anyway. Um, <laughs> and goes out to the Badlands. And in, in that space, he's in a bar. And uh, a drunken bully comes mm-hmm. up, calls him four eyes, tells Teddy he is going to buy him a drink. The dude pulls his revolvers on Roosevelt. I mean, I just I try to put myself in his situation. Imagine you're out by yourself. Friends doesn't matter. There you are. You're you're at Chili's. <laughs> right. You're just sitting there, beer in front of you. what What have you? Someone walks up to you, pulls a gun out and says, you're going to buy me a drink while insulting you i probably buy the drink how many and there's teddy (laughs) coolly says well if i got to i got to
3: (laughs) boom
1: (laughs) cracks him in the face the dude's guns go off as he's falling i mean yeah this is not the safest play either right (laughs) like
0: but yeah he he just totally knocks out his bully someone (laughs) called me four eyes i'd walk away scared (laughs) So, look, I I think
3: (laughs) that uh,
1: thus far what what we've kind of turned into is establishing Teddy digs deeper than 99.9% of the world, and he doesn't tolerate a bully. So let's go ahead and take a break there. Then we'll come back and, and, and build on those fine points. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then... it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, oh you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
3: Wanna learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances.
1: And we're back to Teddy, the I-don't-suffer-bullies president.
0: The rough rider.
1: The rough rider. You know, his whole hating of bullies thing, I think that really comes out in his attitude with corporations. 100%.
0: 100%. Yeah.
1: As we talk and think about, again, nuance, right? Getting into his actual words, that is, for me, what I see in his speeches. And I feel like that came out in the episodes from the quotes that we have from Roosevelt, uh, his annual message to Congress, that sort of thing, and even his whole framing, right, of his three C's, as historians will later put it, that's, he didn't come mm-hmm. up with that terminology. But uh, again, we've got the corporate regulation, consumer protection, his conservationism, but uh, as he puts it, the square deal. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't invent that phrase, we'll go ahead and acknowledge that again, but he definitely, it becomes-
0: It becomes it, yeah, the it's view his, of Teddy. Yeah. The- He he treats people squarely. He treats them fairly. And
1: and that's his that's his big thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's no bullies. He has things to say about the corporate world. He has things to say about corrupt uh, union leaders as well. Mm -hmm. He does not want to see a bully anywhere.
2: Which I think is actually one of the things that I like about him. He doesn't let people really influence that. It doesn't matter if there are these super rich people that are like, I will donate lots of money to you if you don't <laughs> do this, okay. right? He doesn't care.
1: He gets donations from Standard Oil. Uh, he gets donations from J.P. or Morgan. And, you know, part of it is that he's the Republican candidate. Republicans at this point have kind of turned into the big business. As we come out of these Gilded Age Years where, frankly, the parties just aren't terribly different. Mm-hmm. Right. Up until yeah. I'd say that, that whole minting issue, that's where things really kind of started to
2: have, really diverge. Yeah.
1: And, and have a difference. I don't think this was Mark Hanna. I'm pretty sure it was a different Republican, but the comment was made after they donated hundreds of thousands. And again, this is hundreds of thousands in the early 20th yeah. century, yes. right? Yeah. Hundreds of thousands to his presidential campaign. The dude starts taking shots at, the trusts, right? He's he's the trust buster. Now he's actually not the biggest trust buster president, but he's the one who initiates but, it. He inaugurates it. Yeah. And uh, dang, it's it's gonna eat at me. But you can Google this. You you can look it up uh, if you really want to know who who said it. But w- one of them said roughly, if not spot on, quote: "We bought the son of a bitch, and he refused to stay bought." Because <laughs> right, in their minds, <laughs> that's what they did. Yeah. We donated. We. We all understand. No one's saying it, but the understanding. This is the status quo. Yeah, you're you're gonna support us because we support you. And he gets an office like, nah. Thanks for the money. I don't know you crap. <laughs> Northern Securities
2: sounds Stab- good, but no. <laughs> Sorry. See you in court.
1: Yeah. Can we shift gears to conservationism a bit?
2: Yes, okay. absolutely. So
1: the cold open of episode 114. It is such a simple story, and it's not terribly action packed. And yet, it's one of my favorite tr moments because it's such an it's an insight into him yes again into how he
0: sees the world right
1: so pelican island in florida people hunt there and hunting's going through a major reformation itself in this era there as species are being frankly uh hunted to death extinct extinction (laughs) i'm not an expert on the history of hunting so i won't go too deep into this but both externally and internally within the hunting community Mm -hmm. there's kind of this like oh we actually need to think about this and and that's part of where we end up with some of the laws uh, that are actually supported by hunters where they have to go you know buy tags tags stamps it it goes towards Mm -hmm. conservation because they realize like oh this we're not going to. We should be probably able not hunt if,
2: all of the animals yeah. out of existence. But we're definitely not
0: there <clears throat> the
1: on right. Oh, the the image. I mean, this is where I do wish somehow <laughs> we could put photos in a podcast. It obviously doesn't work, but mm. the it's a haunting image from the eighteen eighties of this just massive pyramid of, of buffalo. Fu- yeah, yeah. Of buffalo uh, skulls, terrifying. Yeah. Frankly, N- nothing better illustrates
3: mm-hmm.
1: right that that is a photo that's worth. Far more than a thousand words. Yeah. But all that said, Pelican Island, again, Teddy, here you've got the elite New Yorker. And hey, I, Central Park, people go watch birds. I'm not saying that you can't be that and like birds, but man, like, who, man who is this birds. guy, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I like to write history books in my downtime. Also, also, I, I love, love birds. to watch
0: birds when I'm not being chased by a big bear. Listeners out there who love birds. You will be impressed to know that a lot of the conservation episode, the bird sounds that are in there, they're in the script not as bird sound, bird sound, but Townsend solitaire because or the specific type of bird because Teddy knows pelican. what they are.
1: So, uh and this actually it does kind of get even to the the efforts we make on pronunciation. We were able to find an excellent recording of the brown pelican Mm. And we needed to purchase that. So we specifically purchased that sound and brought it in. We could not find, alas. The Townsend Solitaire. No, uh, I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but in a perfect world, if we had like three months, I'm sure we'd have gotten Mm. that. But uh, we we couldn't track one of those down, but we did seek out and and, find. The Brown Pelican. Well, we tried on both. We were just able to succeed with the Brown Pelican. Mm -hmm. And we found a kind of more generic sound that was, Pretty darn close. Close to
0: the Townsend Solitaire. I'm, you know who would listen and be able to know uh what the difference is? Teddy. 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 Yeah.
1: Theodore Roosevelt to... <laughs> Jr. Okay, well, all of that said. i I'm, I just appreciate you brought the junior in there. Um right, his response, it shows the way that he doesn't look for permission to do things.
2: I loved that. In
1: in the in the Constitution. Like right? he looks <laughs> well, for Prohibitions.
2: He's like, that's uh, that's
1: his concern.
2: Is there a law against this? <laughs>
1: can, no. Can I do this? Well, perfect. You just... <laughs> then
2: I'm doing it. <laughs>
0: There's nothing that says you can't.
2: And excellent.
0: Sounds like permission to me. My favorite story in that episode is even if there is a law against it, the law doesn't go into effect for ten days. Oh my gosh. Oh right. yeah. So okay. That's <laughs> amazing. Do it now for the next ten days and work night and day and have my staff work night and day so that when you make the law, when I signed the law, it practically is, ineffectu- is ineffectual. The Midnight Forest story. <laughs>
1: yep. Oh, yep. Uh, that that was with an agricultural bill.
0: Yeah, it was an agricultural.
1: Yeah. Bill. No, that, that oh, was Teddy. hilarious. Well, I like a lot of this bill. I don't like that part of the bill. Hmm. Looks like I have 10 days for the constitution. <laughs> I guess we'll, I guess we'll burn the midnight oil. You can't make everyone any, make another pot of coffee. Here we go.
0: You can't make any new forests in these states. Well, I'm gonna make some new Watch forests me. in those states before you, this takes effect. Well, and
1: I do think that this is an interesting thing to to bring up when we think about some of these really impactful big presidents. In my mind, there's there's a distinction in life between um, to, to not sound too much like. Like I'm giving a TED talk now, but like there, there are managers and there are leaders. Managers, in my mind, they keep the machine moving, Mm -hmm. right? They they understand what the rules are, what their role is, and a leader will have an actual vision and take things in a in a certain direction. Wartime presidents, we see more of that, partly because of the The, the war brings urgency that just Mm -hmm. doesn't kind of. They
2: have to, yeah. Yeah. There's
1: no choice. So I mean, Lincoln, FDR. Teddy is one of those, frankly, rarer presidents that brings that sort of urgency that I have ideas and I'm going to pursue them outside of a war situation. That's just what I see playing out here. Mm. You know, Uh, I mean, he is less constitutional in his approach. Much less constitutional. (laughs) I mean, that, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm, that's, I may be putting that mildly. That's generous. The the quote um, Mark Twain. Oh. Okay, the Mark Twain quote that was was even the one I was going for, but that oh, was great. Oh. Right? Yeah. What,
0: what's your favorite? T R doesn't care about the Constitution quote. Well, you I, share yours. That feels like I'll strong language, but
1: John no, doesn't care. Uh, when uh, Plays when fast when and when, when the, yes, that yes, he does. The, na- the 1902 yeah. coal strike, right where he's being confronted by um, uh, a congressman who is you know worried about. Property rights with hmm. uh, with the coal strike in Pennsylvania. And he's saying, "Well, you know, what about the Constitution?" And Teddy's response: "The Constitution was written for the people, not the people, people for the Constitution. the Constitution." That's um, yeah. That those are some strong words. It tells you where where he stands. And for me, I found myself kind of contrasting that in my head with the far more legal mind of the lawyer turned President Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. right, where you see him very methodically, carefully, like with the 13th Amendment. He, you know, he, He's not willing to leave something at an executive order. He's always thinking about, okay, this can be undone if it isn't done in this way. Uh, he says bad laws need to be followed to expose that they're bad laws. For me, it was interesting to think about the two very strong, but very different presidents.
0: You did refer to Lincoln, as the lawyer who became a president, I will say, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt did go to law school. And it was like, And you it know what? was bored. <laughs> right. Right. He's like, well, uh, I could do this or I right? could write a
1: book about the War of 1812. I
0: could. I'm bored here. I don't want to learn about rules all day when I could go climb the Matterhorn. And that right there,
1: again, kind of sums up. That, yeah. Yeah. That that speaks to Teddy. I, I think that uh, that encapsulates kind of some key aspects of him as, as president. We do still need to talk about those events abroad, though. Yes. So let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we can come back and talk Panama and Great White Fleet and all sorts of fun things. and welcome back so foreign policy time tr and that big stick that is the navy
2: i i never realized that that's what he was talking about when he said big stick i mean effectively
1: yeah because yeah. that's <laughs> the world that we're not talking about no it's no, no offense to <laughs> those in the arc.
2: This is the early. Not open that can. We're
3: In
1: right. The, 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 the sharks and jets <laughs> here, but uh, no, it's the early 1900s, and the United States is you know well part of the uh, isolationism that exists in that area mm-hmm. is because well, <laughs> Atlantic Pacific Oceans a little isolated, a little isolated. Yeah, um, we kind of easy
2: to be isolationist when you are
1: isolated. We, we have two major neighbors, right? Canada, <laughs> Mexico. Uh and this era when you think about the massive empires and the militarism that just has the the world wrapped up in it, those massive empires are, well frankly, it's Europe, then Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I- increasingly so the United States, which is the world's largest exporter of goods. We previous to this volume talked about overseas expansion, which was basically war going to jack colonies from spain and of course teddy was a part of that so the spanish-american war and frankly it rolls right into explaining his thoughts on latin america that same idea that we saw in the philippines with quote-unquote benevolent assimilation the idea that the united states can do empire abroad unlike the evil europeans who still have monarchies
0: America is so star-spangled awesome that, <laughs> that we can run an empire. And with we're going to be so much better at Better than it. the and, old world. And can.
1: when we do it, we will elevate mm-hmm. people with ideas we of, put of, of liberty. We will
0: put down like the...
1: Exactly. Yeah. And of course, that theory does not translate mm-hmm. uh, in practice. So that's also where you know it connects to the Monroe Doctrine. As discussed in the episode, we got the Roosevelt Corollary where he basically says, you know what, Monroe Doctrine... We can make that stronger.
0: We can put steroids in <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let's Inject take that, that a step further.
1: <laughs> uh, we can now interfere in domestic issues only if there's a problem. But, of course, the issue is who gets to decide if there's a problem. Well,
0: there's always a problem somewhere.
1: <laughs> so And so that that's where we get to Panama as, as the point. Well, you have two narratives. Colombia is looking at this saying we have some separatists. And then you've got people in Panama who are saying we want to break away, specifically because we want a canal. Well, that's that doesn't exactly make the United States, which wants a canal, a um, neutral <laughs> party. And it's you definitely
2: know, have a vested interest. A, there. a, a little bit,
1: <laughs> a little bit. So you know, I mean, reading through Teddy's thoughts, it's clear that he genuinely believed in the morality of what he was doing, but nonetheless, that that's not bulletproof. Anyhow, the Panama Canal, uh, uh, carving a pathway between the two continents, Um, not to dismiss any of the issues in terms of how the United States comes to have that power to build it. But I mean, this is it's one of the wonders of the world. It's a huge undertaking. It's a massive undertaking. So much life is lost in in building this thing. Um, You don't want to point out, Zach, that that was mostly under the French. I I felt like you jumped on this, (laughs) right? Huh. About twenty thousand we of, of the twenty-five thousand. Not to downplay a, another, you know, five thousand lives, but
0: but it just so happens it, it when the French felt, were in charge,
1: it felt like a moment for you. We're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> um, I mean, having this this thing be entirely self-sustaining, where the water being held within the dams and as things flow, that is generating the power. All these electric engines that are, I, I mean. It's the freaking early 1900s, and you've got 1,500 small electric motors.
2: Stuff like that always just boggles my mind because I sit there and I think, oh, yeah, that's not that big of a deal. But I think about it now, right? But not having access to all the major construction tools and factories making, like with tiny robot arms that make all these intricate little parts, (laughs) Right. right? Like, it's just amazing to me the things that people are able to accomplish. It is, and they're like, that's what we want. It's We're going to f- do
0: it. It's fun to me to do an American history podcast because for whatever it is, luck or whatever you want to call it, that the United States becomes a country and American history is right around this explosion through all of human history, for all of human history. The United States is kind of at an inflection point in terms of technology that we in like the early days of the podcast, you're talking about the Erie Canal and like water wheels. And here we are a hundred some odd episodes later. And we're talking about carving a path through a continent for gigantic metal ships to go through. Yeah. Yeah. It boggles the mind.
1: And the technology behind it. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It blows me away
1: when I take in the idea of 300 to 750 ton steel doors, the gates. Um, That's actually, I think, a more specific number than I gave in the episode. Um, (laughs) And they've made them buoyant. Yeah. That is insane. It's amazing. Anyhow, um, I hope it wasn't lost As the Panama Canal took, I think rightfully so, such a center stage in the foreign policy episode that this is really an era of peaked militarism. That the empires of the world are a little bit like, you know, the apocryphal uh, literary uh, quote attributed to Alexander the Great uh, that he wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. That's kind of what you've got with the, the world empires and they're about to turn on each other mm-hmm. world war one you know it's not just because franz ferdinand is assassinated, is assassinated.
2: <laughs> what I know, I know that's not the only thing that sparked this major war i, I thought I
1: everyone was your chill. right now everything was great listen to
2: this kel surprise that was terrible
1: that no no it was it was that was good it was really good
2: no, it was no, it was. just it you rolled it was your eyes. I,
1: I did not roll my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I don't have that much control over the left eye. So.
2: That's... Okay, my bad. He rolled his eye. <laughs> so. <laughs> so point being, in,
1: in terms of thinking about Teddy, you know, again, with the quote unquote big stick, he's showing the world, hey, back off. Don't mess with the United States. Everybody's kind of flexing right now. Things are very tense with Japan. And uh, really, it's a brilliant play in terms of his diplomacy, but at the same time, it's very much a military flex, and it it makes sense in this era where there is so... I mean, the HMS dreadnought has just been invented. Mm -hmm. Other nations are scrambling to match Britain's massive battleship. People
0: are tense. Yes. Right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Things are tense. I I mean, this is also the same time. I mean, the, the Great White Fleet takes off at the end of 1907. This is the same year that Russia... Has jumped in on the uh the Entente, right? The mm. Entente Cordiale. We'll, we'll say it that way for you, Kelsey. Okay? Great. L'Entente Great. Cordiale Uh between Britain and <laughs> France. So you know, we, we have the sides that are gonna going to turn into World War One very much in, in motion. All right. Fine. I'm down with foreign policy. Or those other things you two want to talk
2: about? Just that we apologize to anybody that was eating during that uh, consumer regulation episode. Hey,
1: I gave so much warning on that one. There were lots of heads up was given.
2: And a credit. Oh, Airship credit. did an amazing job uh, that, with those that, sound that's, effects. That's
1: Molly. Well, she just did so her good. Out. Yeah. It, phenomenal job. Molly always does a phenomenal She always
2: does so good, but yes. that just was...
1: Oh, yeah. That yeah, was it, a fun was one good. to research. Yeah.
0: It's it's rare that you find an article entitled The Pig and the Privy when you're researching <laughs> for HTDS episodes. So when you do, it's like a golden nugget.
2: You've got to use it. you
0: got to use it. Poor
1: Upton Sinclair. I don't know if there's ever been someone who's been more charged about a cause and more effectively mobilized people to do something that isn't what
0: he wanted. What
1: he actually wanted.
0: <laughs> Remember when we were talking about the people voting, the delegates voting for James Garfield. And how he At the Republican convention yes, and, and how like, he didn't no. want it. And he's like, no, 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 no. And they're like, no, sorry, you have to sit down. We're going to keep voting. And everyone's just like, 21 for Garfield. Um, and they just keep voting for him. That's proverbially Upton Sinclair okay, so this book is about food regulations. No, 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 It's about the working class. Okay, <laughs> sit down, Upton. This book is about food regulations.
1: <laughs> well, and, uh, oh, there's definitely some of that. I mean, it, it's not like it was lost, right? Oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah, And that's where, it, where Teddy, and again, perhaps another point to highlight how he, he, he is no William Jennings Bryan. William Jennings Bryan isn't as far out as yeah. that, right? But uh, where he's like, okay, this book, Cast some serious shade, but it's written by a socialist. So we're definitely going to do our own independent research. Um, And uh, of course, the takeaway is well,
2: it's kind of gross. Let's
1: regulate the food industry. (laughs) Upton, we thank you for that point, <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we're done here.
0: Eugene Debs, you you and Upton can go sit yeah, down. You, you guys, <laughs> you guys go. go thank go, go, you for go this go contribution. Sit in the corner. We're making the FDA.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there, there we are. Okay. Um. Hey, as we wrap up, we we need to say a goodbye
0: to Teddy. Surely, no.
1: To you, Zach.
0: Oh, to me. To I you. Mean,
2: a little bit to Teddy too, but not as
1: much. Oh, Teddy, we are we are so not done with
0: Teddy. We I have mean,
1: we're we're done with like
0: this, episodes yeah.
1: that are uber Teddy-centric.
0: One of the main uh sources on which we drew for all of the Teddy stuff is Edmund Morris's three-volume biography set about Theodore Roosevelt. The... Just so you know about how rich this man's life is. Uh this entire volume and previous volumes where we've brought Teddy up. Those are the first two books. There's a whole nother thick book about Theodore Roosevelt. That stuff we haven't even talked about yet.
1: Yeah, and of course, I mean that. <laughs> it's not like we covered everything in the book. Yeah, you know, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was. It was but a source. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't you go dodging on me, oh, Zach. okay, Zach? All right. uh, after, geez, what, what month did you start interning?
0: I technically
2: go ahead. Yeah, I think Do you it, remember better than is- I. December of 2020 is when we yeah. we officially started.
0: My goodness! Yeah, My I, goodness. I walked back from the interview with Greg with the autumn leaves falling. I remember that. So ah. it was November, December of 2020.
1: It was such a a moment in life the the foliage, <laughs> the good old
0: days, yes. yeah, <laughs>
2: the good old, back before the good old days before his hair turned gray. Oh
0: yeah, because Zach's gray. The good old, oh, yeah, um, <laughs> the good old- days yeah. of 2020. Hey man, oh
1: gosh, you're going to Harvard Law. Yes. Like a boss.
0: Yes. I will be yeah. attending Harvard Law School starting this fall. I mean,
1: so. now why you are accepting this offer from Harvard as opposed to staying at HTDS is just,
0: I mean, <laughs> actually, it's mind boggling. <laughs> yes.
1: Um,
0: but, but. It's beyond me. Yeah.
1: I I, I don't understand I feel like it. I feel like you flipped a coin and, uh, you know, it, it was close.
0: I said, HTDS HLS, history that doesn't suck, Harvard Law School. And. You came up tails, sorry. And, and,
1: <laughs> in all seriousness, man, so proud of you.
0: Thank you very much uh, to the listeners for forgiving my consistent, persistent Simpsons references and uh, unbridled praise of William Jenny Bryan, <laughs> the greatest loser in American history. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and someone you adore. And someone um, I adore
0: it's uh yeah I mean you know it
1: uh, that you'll you'll leave the biggest void since since Josh and CL here man it, um but I'll look forward to still seeing you still hear from Josh and CL as, as busy as they are in their very different lives and, and whatnot but um go crush it man I know you will thank you very much I feel we need to say goodbye to Zach's mom we do she's a bigger part of this than I'm I sure. I think so I think so so we would be remiss. Zach's mom we thank you Good. thank you Zach's mom goodbye Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. Okay, well, with that, uh, next time we'll be diving deeper into the progressive era. So we'll pick up there and uh, we'll catch you in two weeks. History <laughs> that doesn't suck is created and hosted by me, Greg Jackson. Special guests, Zachary Weaver and Kelsey Dines. Production by Airship. Sound design by Molly Bach. Game music composed by Greg Jackson. Arrangement and additional composition by Lindsey Graham of Airship. HTVS is supported by fans at patreon.com forward slash history that doesn't suck. My gratitude to you kind souls providing funding to help us keep going. Thank you and a special thanks to our patrons whose monthly gift puts them at producer status. Robert Asensi, Nanette Avril, Paul Borowski, Christopher Beckett, Victoria Bennett, Boosh, Amanda and Kelsey Bragg, Henry Brunges, Thomas Budd, Will Caldwell, Beth M. Chris Janssen, Christopher Cottle, Jason Carsons, Charles and Shirley Clendendon, Matthew Corley, Charles Devier, John Frugal Dougal, Kyle Decker, Bob Drazovich, Joe Dobus, Mark Ellis, Michael and Rachel Urcolini, Paul Goringer, Lee Goldman, Brad Herman, Jennifer and Houston, Mike Healy, Noah Hoff, Melanie Jan, Dex Jones, John Keller, Kristen Kennedy, Todd Kine, Amber Clanted, Sue Lane, Art Lane, Dave Longlinate, Aaron Hellas, Chris Mendoza, Rich Miller, Matthew Mitchell, Jamie McCreary, Liz McNeil, Donald Moore, Jeffrey Newts, Nick Navoda, Fox Osborne, Sean Pepper, Christopher Pullman, Sean Reagan, Nate Robertson, John Schaefer, Shannon Stewart, David and Alexander Sharp, Scott Slaymaker, Durante Spencer, Thomas Stewart, Bill Thompson, Sarah Traywick, T.J. Walker, and Jeffrey Watts. Join me in two weeks, where I'd like to tell you the story.